Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever it is, and whatever part of the day you're in, early, late, or in between. Let's see, one of our roosters has decided to make their presence known. Y'all can hear in the background, probably. Gonna take one of our little walks, have two puppy dogs, no children's yet. No wifey. Walking past the garden looks okay. <laughs> Potatoes are coming up and got some onions and some garlic coming in. Not very many clouds in the sky today, but it is definitely, folks, warming up rapidly. Spring is a wonderful time of year, and I, I don't discount that, but Lord, I'm already ready for fall (laughs) at any rate I would be remiss folks if I didn't take the time for those of y'all that continue to join me and give me a little bit of your time here thank you so much I I know that your time is precious you have a million things you could be doing laundry dishes mowing taking kids from one thing to the next spending time with your spouse, reading your Bible. Some of these things much more important than this podcast, and I hope y'all are treating them as such. But I I am very grateful that y'all are here, and hopefully it helps those other things a little bit. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, uh, because it's just, as I said, we have had a heck of the last little run. So thank y'all so much. It is definitely y'all sharing it, doing it. We're going to get into our podcast today uh, in just a minute. But I had something that I'm not even real sure how to do it because I I haven't prepared a podcast, but I'm going to. And we've talked about it some before. But I've had something that has just, it's almost constantly on my heart these days, folks. But we are, as a nation, and really a huge, huge percentage of our families, and in particular our marriages today in America, like the whitewashed cup that's clean on the outside, but filthy on the inside. You hear so many people say, we just want to get back to normal. Uh, It started when the coronavirus hit. Folks, normal's gone. And if you haven't realized that, you, you, you really need to. Normal, the normal that we knew, which, folks, normal, normal is what got us in this mess to begin with. We don't want normal. Uh, normal is when we pretend like everything's going great. When it's not. Uh, And if if we don't fix the fundamental issues in our marriages and families and country, and it may be too late already, we're going to have a real train wreck. A a real train wreck, folks. Uh, And and I just, I, I struggle with this, folks. I struggle with 
using my time wisely each day. Each day, not one day a week or a month or every six months, but each day. I, I saw something recently. God, I wish I could remember who it was. <laughs> and uh, and this is ironic because this was an entertainer that said this, a very successful one. And, and I think a lot of our problems today are because we want to be entertained all the time. But they said everybody's given 24 hours in a day. No more, no less. And the difference is how we spend those 24 hours. And if we don't get our priorities, folks, and as I said just a while ago, I struggle with this a lot. But we have got to start to give time and energy and money and effort and affection and love to those things that are truly important each day. Each day, and be grateful that we get to each day. Because there's a lot of people out there that aren't getting to. I, I guarantee you, if you don't realize that, there are a lot of people that that's not even an option. I spent too much time on that already. We're, well, I'm going to work on a podcast for that, folks. And we're, we're going to talk about that a little because it's a lot deeper subject. We're going to talk to Ben Franklin today. And I've got a lot on my plate and I just burned a pretty good bit of time. So we're going to see how much of this we get through, folks. But the, the, the bottom line here for today is, as almost always on this podcast, we need to look at our, we go back to our founding and look at our principles, our pillars, our foundation. Instead of listening to the people that have been leading us astray for, geez, 80 plus years now, folks, because they either don't know what they're talking about or they, they know what they're doing is wrong and they're doing it anyway. And either way, it's very bad. And I, I know that sounds arrogant to my own ears as I'm saying it, but folks, y'all, especially those of y'all that have been here on this podcast for a while, at some point, your brain has to start to kick in and say, man, it's not just one thing or two things. It's, it's time and time and time and time again. This country was founded on the teachings of Christ, those principles, not just in private life, but in public, and we've gone a complete 180. Something's wrong, because it is. So Ben Franklin, we're just going to kind of jump right in. He wrote a letter to Robert R. Livingston, and this is coming out of America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations, which if you do not have a copy, I would highly recommend that you get one or maybe two or even three and give them to a friend, folks. Buy one and give it to somebody else and keep giving it, uh, because it's I, I can't even stress how important that along with some other resources that I use here regularly are. 1784, Benjamin Franklin wrote, I am now entering my 78th year. If I live to see this peace concluded, I shall beg leave to remind the Congress of their promise then to dismiss me. I shall be happy to sing with old Simeon. Now lettest thou servant, thou thy servant, depart in peace, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Uh, direct reference to the New Testament. Simeon had just seen Jesus Christ and was telling God, you promised me that I would see the Messiah, the Savior of the world. I've seen him. You can bring me home in peace, God. Thank you. Uh, so 
there's some quotes I'm going to read here. Benjamin Franklin was a far, far cry from the deist that so many on the left claim he was. In, in action, even more so than words. And this is just one minor example. Another letter, uh, 1787. Only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. There's another quote, folks, that I can't call right now, but the bottom line is we can either rule ourselves, which allows us to participate in freedom, liberty, and a republic, or we can be ruled by someone else. Uh, personal experience overseas, Iraq, Afghanistan, one of the problems that you see repeatedly in Muslim countries, it's just a fact, folks. You just look around, it's just a fact. They are often ruled by tyrannical and oppressive people. Why? Why? Well, the bottom line is they don't rule themselves. And as Franklin says here, if we don't rule ourselves, we're going to have to have somebody that's going to come in and do it for us. That's why you see the increase in law and criminal prosecution in the justice, just huge explosion because we have stopped policing ourselves. And so if we're not going to do it, we're going to have to have somebody else do it for us. And, and eventually, folks, that that's unsustainable. That's why the foundation on Jesus Christ's teachings is so important, because without it, without that foundation to support liberty and freedom, it doesn't work the other way around. You don't have liberty and freedom, and that supports Christianity. Christianity, the teachings of Christ, support liberty and freedom. And those are the only ones historically, again and again and again, every time that you see supporting that all the freedoms that that Europe and Western civilization have are based on those principles, right? You go all the way back to, and, and we're going to talk about this in just a second because because Franklin talks about it. You you go all the way back to the Roman Empire, which our founders looked at a lot, and and you'll see when he talks about this. Look, we've tried everything, and it's not working. So we'll keep going. So I'm going to read a little excerpt first from uh, America's God and Country. Thursday, June 28, 1787, Benjamin Franklin delivered a powerful speech to the Constitutional Convention, which was embroiled in a bitter debate over how each state was to be represented in the new government. The hostile feelings created by the smaller states being pitted against the larger states was so bitter that some delegates actually left the convention. Benjamin Franklin, being the president, governor of Pennsylvania, hosted the rest of the 55 delegates attending the convention. Being the senior member of the convention, at 81 years of age, he commanded the respect of all present. And as recorded in James Madison's detailed records, he rose to speak in this moment of crisis. I can't emphasize enough, folks, how you know, you hear so many people talk about, well, is it constitutional today or not? First off, half the people don't know what they're talking about. And I'm not a constitutional law expert, folks, easily admit. But when you see people that are blatantly going against our foundation, you can be sure that they don't know anything about the Constitution either. And, and it just it just almost failed, folks. You go and read different accounts. They just almost absolutely split up. People were like, you know what? We're just going to go home. I'm done with this. They had just fought the revolution. 
They had given up blood, sweat, tears, lost lives, lost fortunes, lost everything. And they were so bitter about the formation of this constitution, this government, our republic, that they were packing up and going home. As, as, as it says here, they, there were some that had already left. They said, we're done. So this is, this is Franklin's speech. Mr. President, the small progress we have made after four or five weeks close attendance and continual reasonings with each other, our different sentiments on almost every question, several of the last producing as many no's as eyes, is, methinks, a melancholy proof of the imperfection of the human understanding. We indeed seem to feel our own want of political wisdom since we have been running about in search of it. We have gone back to ancient history for models of government and examined the different forms of those republics which, having been formed with the seeds of their own dissolution, now no longer exist. And we have viewed modern states all around Europe but find none of their constitutions suitable to our circumstances. In this situation of this assembly, groping as it were in the dark to find political truth and scarce able to distinguish it when presented to us, how has it happened, sir, that we have not hitherto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of lights to illuminate our understanding. In the beginning of the contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayer in this room for divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. To that kind of providence, we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our future national felicity. And how have we now forgotten that powerful friend? Or do we imagine we no longer need his assistance? I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth. That God governs the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our partial local interests. Our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and a byword down to future ages. And what is worse 
Mankind may hereafter from this unfortunate instance despair of establishing governments by human wisdom and leave it to chance, war, and conquest. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessing on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business and that one or more of the clergy of this city be requested to officiate in that service. I got a couple comments here, folks, but I'm going to read you the response. So the response of the convention to the speech of Benjamin Franklin was reported by Jonathan Dayton, the delegate from New Jersey. The doctor sat down. And never did I behold a countenance at once so dignified and delighted as with that was that of Washington at the close of the address. Nor were the members of the convention generally less affected. The words of the venerable Franklin fell upon our ears with a weight and authority. Even greater that we may suppose an oracle to have had in a Roman Senate. There's a lot here, folks, Um, and I had a lot more to go, but this is about all we're going to get to today, Uh, which is more than enough to chew on. Good Lord. The effect, folks, was immediate. When you read different accounts, uh, when you read from different histories, and I'm, I'm not extensive, folks, but I've read a few, the effect on the delegates was just I don't, I don't want to use the word supernatural, but you probably could. It was it was astounding. And and there's a couple things that are really important to note here. Uh, to people that say that Franklin was a deist, there's multiple references in here to the New Testament of the Bible. And, and therefore, turning toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, one sparrow, you know, no sparrows fall to the ground. I'm trying to find it in the speech here. Uh, if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? That's the sparrow comment as a direct quote from Jesus Christ out of the New Testament. And then he calls, refers to the Bible, the sacred writings, except that the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. That's another reference to the Bible. Uh, Babel, another one. Uh, a, a reproach and a byword. That's another one. Uh, there's a number of references to the Bible here directly, folks. So the idea that that Benjamin Franklin was was making a general deistic, if that's a word, commentary or, or, you know, I just want to pray to some random God. That's just totally false. That's not backed up by this speech. That's not backed up by the people that witnessed it. That's not backed up. He requests the clergy of the city. These are Christian clergy. These are not uh, Jewish uh, they're not Muslim. They're not atheist. It's not Mother Nature. It's not Buddha. It's not Hinduism. This whole thing, and what I didn't get to, is somewhere in here, it talks about the fact, let me try and find it real quick. When they assembled to do this, they assembled at the Reformed Calvinistic Church, right? And the Edmund Jennings, Randolph of Virginia, uh, recommended a sermon by Reverend William Rogers. So uh, this all circles around the principles of Jesus Christ, folks. That's the foundation. Those are the pillars of our country. Yet again, 
And this was again, as so many times have been in our history, we were about to fall apart. We were absolutely about to fall apart. Delegates were leaving the convention. The bitterness was so strong. We had just fought a war for eight plus years right at. And, and they were going, we're done. We're gone. It's over. We're going to go be our own state. Y'all can do whatever you want. And Franklin gets up, this supposed deist that just believes in some random God, according to the left today, for the last 80 plus years, which we teach our children, if we even teach them this, if, if, if our children, who we're supposed to care so much about in our country that we claim to love so much, have ever even heard this speech, we teach them as if it's some surgical, scientific, plain, dry, oh, here you go, Benjamin came in, said something, he's great, he's a deist, secularist, and everybody listened to him, and everything worked out, and they all sang Kumbaya, and it was great. That is such just, Lord, there is some colorful language going through my head right now, folks. That is a lie, and it's either the people are ignorant, and they have no idea what they're talking about, or they're malevolent. And they've got an agenda, folks. You got a third option. Tell me. Y'all talk to me. So let me know. I don't see it. Uh, Ignorance can be either by choice or by deceit, folks. But either way, it's still ignorance. Again, at one of our most trying times, Franklin stood up and said, Hey, folks, we've completely ignored the the Lord. We, we've pushed him aside, and the great line there, right, is it, it, it reflects Lincoln's comments in 1863, 80 years later, give or take, 70 years, when he said, we have forgotten God and imagine that we don't need him in the deceitfulness of our hearts. And what does Franklin say, right? Franklin says, we either don't realize that we need him, right? We've forgotten him. Or we're really arrogant and we know he's there, but we don't think we need him anymore. Does that not sound like today? In our marriages, in our families, in our communities, in our schools, in our country as a whole? We've pushed God out of everything. And we either are saying we don't know him anymore. We've forgotten him, which is true for some. And then others are saying, yeah, I know he's there, but we don't need him. We got this. We don't have this, folks. We're destroying ourselves right now. And we got a fight coming like a freight train. And the only way, folks, to turn this around is to turn back to God and to start to really talk to him. Not that that Excuse me, I can't think anything else. Not that half-ass way where we kind of, hey, God, yep, okay, said talk to you for today. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. You know, if if you're really struggling, if you're really struggling and and you've gotten gotten to the end of yourself, then you really want a solution. You really do. You're not just kind of half looking for a solution. You're really looking for a solution. That's where they were. And they turned to God. We better figure it out, folks. Because the clock, I guarantee you the clock's ticking. The clock's been ticking. Woo! Lord.
my three-legged wolf is here kind of looking side-eyeing me. I think he's a little concerned about me. See if I can calm down a little bit and we'll go for a walk. I kept y'all way longer than I intended. I apologize for the bad grammar and the length of time. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. I, I look forward to these talks immensely, folks. Hope y'all got something out of it. Spread the truth. Tell somebody somewhere about Franklin and the speech that he gave that so floored, delighted Washington, floored the congregation, and changed the entire trajectory of our country because they turned back to God the Father and Jesus Christ. God bless you all. We'll talk to you again real soon.